You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 131 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have another exciting episode, and we are back to our regular episodes where we have one guest um, talking about the industry and talking about their journey in the industry, and this guest is uh, super, super special. She's literally done everything in the industry. She's been an actress. She's uh, directed. She's assisted uh, directed. She's done it all. She's been a casting director, all the things. So um, very exciting stuff coming and we have it covered for everyone. So if you're like a multi-hyphenate or um, you're someone who just loves theater like me and Mary, our guest today, Mary McGowan, um, this is the perfect episode for you because we are two theater-loving people who have no idea what we want to do with our lives. And that's okay. You know, we're just taking it one day at a time and uh, letting the industry work its magic and letting life work its magic and pointing us in the direction that uh, we're supposed to be in. So very, very cool stuff. Um, Mary was such a fabulous guest and we play a super fun game. So stay tuned and uh, let's talk about some Broadway news before we turn it over to that, shall we? All right. So this week's Broadway news, I want to start off by saying I had a very exciting moment uh, this past week where I had my first ever trip to the Metropolitan Opera. I know. I know. I have a podcast. I love theater. I talk about theater. And I just 19 years later went to the Metropolitan Opera. I know. I'm sorry. But it was kind of amazing. I absolutely loved it. So I was able to go see uh, The Hours, and that featured Kelly O'Hara. So of course, I saw Kelly O'Hara was doing a show here in New York, and I was like, oh my god, I have to go see her. Um, and I was able to go with some friends, which was great. And the Metropolitan Opera does something that I think every theater should be doing. We talk about accessibility in theater. The Metropolitan Opera, I mean, they have subtitles at their seats uh but like in on the seat in front of you so that you can follow along and um understand what they're saying it's literally closed captions for theater now i know that it, that may be expensive uh to do for for like a broadway show and it takes time and all the things however it is absolutely necessary and with the ticket prices that we've been paying lately i know that we're coming out of covid and all the things but the ticket prices lately have been absurd, and um, they've they've just been um, very expensive, to say the least. And we have to pay for all these things and everything, but 
the main goal that we've been all been talking about lately is making theater accessible. And we've had this thing here with Hadestown, uh, thinking that the device that they use in Broadway houses are look like phones, and there was some confusion there with Billius White and the cast of Hadestown. Well, this is a perfect way to do that. And now I'm not even someone who's hard of hearing that I know of, but like I have a hearing impaired sister and um, they, she wears hearing aid. We have a guest coming on who is literally an actor and who everybody knows and loves and is in Town. He wears hearing aids. I'm not going to drop the name yet because it's a very exciting one and I don't want to drop it. Um, I want to build the suspense, but we talk about these things and they're for everyone. They can be used by everyone. This is a tool that is helpful for everyone. You go to the movies, when you watch Netflix or HBO Max or whatever you watch, do you watch that with subtitles? Yeah, sometimes, right? I mean, there are people that don't like it and guess what? You don't have to use them. Like even, even at the show, I was able to watch the show when I understood what was going on. But when there was like a full on opera moment where I couldn't really understand the pronunciation of every word, well, then I was able to look down at the seat in front of me and look at the words that were being said to follow the story. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I think that the Metropolitan Opera deserves a round of applause for for having that uh, built in in all the opera houses, uh, because I guess that that's a new thing in the opera world. Um, And I think that that's something that needs to translate over and move over to the Broadway world, 100%. So, um, Look out for that, and uh, hopefully we can make Broadway and theater in general more accessible. So um, stay tuned for that. Moving on, uh, this is real Broadway news, not so much me talking about my experiences throughout the week. Um, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, had a very was in the was in the news a lot this week because they had a very important announcement where they pushed back their closing date until opera. Oh my God, opera. Opera's on my mind, people. They were able to push back their closing date until April 16th, uh, 2023, obviously, because there was such a high demand for tickets uh, ever since Phantom announced that they were closing. Everyone wanted to go see it again, all the things. So that being said, it was uh, previously set to close on February 18th, and now it's uh, going to be closing April 16th, soon after celebrating its 35th anniversary, which is very exciting here on Broadway. Um, But I'm hearing rumblings that it could extend again. So everyone, make sure you get the chance to go see Phantom again. Uh, They are doing a wonderful job here in making sure that everyone can go see the show before they take it off Broadway because it's been on here for so long that I can't imagine it comes back in the next five years. So um, maybe we'll see a, a revival down the line. But... Phantom of the Opera is a classic, and everyone should go see this production while it's here on Broadway. I definitely need to see it before April 16th now. Um, So very exciting stuff there. Uh, The chess concert. I wanted to talk about this because a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that I was able to attend the Sardis uh, unveiling of Tim Rice who obviously wrote chess, uh, the music and stuff for it. So uh, very exciting stuff here. I've, I announced here before and talked a little bit about uh, what was happening with it, but there is going to be a benefit concert of chess. And um, previously announced in it was Darren Chris, 
and former Take About Lena Hall, um, Ramin Karimlu, Soleil Pfeiffer, um, all of these incredible talents. Well, they announced their full cast with some other uh, Take About guests. So I just want to shout them out really quick. Uh, it's Bryce Pinkham, who was in the episode of the Ohio State Murders episode, Tony, Tony Award nominee. Very exciting stuff there. And then, of course, my dear friend Julius Rubio uh, will be in the ensemble of that wonderful production. And then someone who I did uh, The Secret Garden with, Bradley Dean, will also be joining the cast. So very exciting uh, stuff for Take a Bow here. And uh, hopefully everyone is able to go see Chess. Obviously not everyone can because it is a benefit concert. So that's a one-night show uh, on Monday, December 12th at 7.30 at the Broadhurst Theater. So um, everyone, if you are if you are a chess fan, I know that it's starting to make some buzz and talking about a possible revival here on Broadway. If you're a fan, make sure to go check it out and, uh, you know, honor it be be the little chess head that you are i don't know what's their fan base called i don't know it's fun um i i definitely want to go see that so um hopefully i will see you there um very exciting stuff here um and kind of heartwarming you know it's the season of giving and uh it's the holiday season and it was so wonderful to see that in in full effect this week in many ways but uh probably the biggest way here on Broadway and our community. Um, we saw a wonderful, generously donation of $100,000 from none other than Nicole Kidman uh, for Hugh Jackman's signed hat that he wears in Music Man. So he, you know, obviously Music Man, he, he, ha- he wears this iconic, uh, I guess like fedora hat, I guess. Um, and it's signed by him and Sutton. And they are auctioning off to raise money for the charity Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS uh, for the organization. Uh, I've talked about Broadway Cares a ton, so I'm sure all of you know what I'm talking about. So very exciting stuff. It's a wonderful cause, and uh, she was able to give such a generous donation for that uh, and got a, a hat in return. And the best part about it was the next night, the auction, because they've been auctioning it, um, went for over $50,000. And that wasn't even by a name like Nicole Kidman. Um, it was just a theater goer. So very exciting stuff. Um, happy that everyone is in the giving mood already and willing to donate to a wonderful cause. Hopefully, um, you don't have to be in attendance to a show if you want to make a donation to Broadway Cares and you are in a giving mood. You can do that at their website and all the things. So uh, go check out Broadway Cares. They do amazing work. And if you're in the giving mood this holiday season, go for it. You just... Uh, have a little fun. It's tax deductible. Um, it's a tax deductible, a write-off, whatever. And uh, it's a great, you'll be helping so many people. And they Broadway Cares came out with how it helped uh, feed people and what it, exactly that money was going to and how much that money was um, helping uh, in what their mission is. So it was very, very cool and a very cool story that came out of it. With that being said, Music Man did announce that uh, they are extending and Ryan Reynolds and Nicole Kidman will be leading the show. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But do not be surprised if we see Nicole Kidman here on Broadway after that, because not only did she donate that wonderful, uh, generous amount, uh, she also afterwards was interviewed and said, so many wonderful things about Broadway cares and about Broadway in general. So it was very cool. And then we saw her the next day at funny girl. It was just 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nicole Kidman has something brewing here on Broadway. So um, PSA, my comment earlier, Music Man is not extending as I know of right now. And Nicole Kidman nor Ryan Reynolds will be in Music Man. I was just making a little joke. Uh, so had to say that to prevent any confusion anyways i've gone on way too long and we have a wonderful episode that we need to turn it over to so without further ado let's turn it over to none other than mary mcgowan mary mcgowan curtain up okay this week's guest is a producer director actor and arts administrator i mean you name it she quite literally is the definition of a theater maker who can do it all she's worked with the tony awards she's worked at art uh new york city center and so much more i mean you name it it seems like you've been a part of it it's just so incredible and i can't wait to talk to you all about it so please welcome to take a bow mary mcgowan hi Hi, Eli. <laughs> oh my gosh. So excited that you're here. I've been doing um, so many like fun, different perspectives on the industry. And I feel like this is the perfect way to round out like that little series that I've been doing because you've done it all. <laughs> you've literally done every <laughs> facet that we've talked about. And uh, it's just exciting because I get to hear uh, a new perspective on all of those positions, but also like from the different perspectives of of all of those different positions so it's quite kind of cool to, to hear your story and journey so i'm excited totally i'm excited to be here i'm not usually one to to be on podcasts and things so oh i'm excited to talk about all the different uh yeah parts of the industry that that you can touch and work on sort of outside of the spotlight yeah <laughs> yeah well, is this a podcast debut for you is this it's my second one. Okay. I did, um, I'm really good friends with Samantha Tizolo and Jacob Coombs, who have Survival oh. Jobs a podcast. Um, I actually used to work as a server with both of them. So <laughs> I went on to talk about my own survival job, which was being a server with both of them on their podcast. So this is oh my, my second God. podcast. Oh, that's brilliant. I've never heard of that. <laughs> that's so smart. Um, oh, it's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so real, you know, like it's so relatable. Um, but I love that. Very cool. Um, so the way I usually like to start my episodes is I like to ask you where all of this, where this love for theater came and how this all started. I mean, what was the moment that got you into theater and what made you say, hey, I want to do something in that world? Totally. Um yeah, a good question and one I always start with too. I feel like when I'm asking people about their careers and stuff. Um, I have sort of, I think, like both a simultaneously unique and ununique story, which is that my dad is an actor. So I like grew up kind of just around theater. He did a lot of theater um, like from when I was born and, and still is a working actor. So I think it was kind of one of those weird things that was like, when people have parents that are like doctors or teachers, you're kind of like, that's what adults do when they grow up. And I was like, my dad does Broadway. So I was like, I'll do Broadway. Like that makes sense. Um, and then obviously you grow up and you're like, that's actually like fully not how Broadway or any industry works. But um, right. I think that was sort of my first like bite of it. And then um, like a lot of people do, I just like acted in school plays and stuff and like the high school musicals and like that kind of, um, interest was growing so I think I guess I'm like diving right into sort of the like phase two of this question probably but like 
I think so many people's windows into this industry is performing just because like Mm. no one says to like an elementary schooler, like produce a play, like that's all the adults and stuff. So I feel like all of us start out on stage and then the like filtering process happens a little later. So like my first love was definitely um, performing and then sort of like, as I, you know, got older and sort of got my hands into other like pots as it were, um, realized that maybe there were there were other things I was interested in too oh my god that's so cool but I feel like because now I mean we'll we'll get to your resume in in a second but now you've just done so much with the creative side of the industry that I wonder like being an actor and having that I mean you went to Syracuse and you have a drama you majored in drama and theater and all the things so like does that background and have in acting and knowing that side of the industry kind of make you a unique creative team member because you have that perspective as an actor totally I mean I don't want to to claim it as unique I guess because I think there are a lot of people that are are performers still and are behind the table or like started there and are behind the table too but I think um I definitely consider it like a strength and something I'm grateful to have um I think also it works both ways like when I'm behind the table I'm happy that I've been on the other end to just kind Mm -hmm. of like handle things with a certain amount of care or like anticipate the kinds of questions that I think might be in their minds but not mine um and at the same time the the few times that I've like gone back into audition rooms or like like as an actor since I've I've done other work I find myself so much calmer having been on the other side of the table I think because I know like not in a diminishing way but like how much of a small puzzle piece each actor is to like an overall thing whereas I think when you're that puzzle piece it can feel like everything I do is so important but right. like just getting like kind of the base amount of like the job done is like enough so I think I think it like it informs sort of both sides of both sides of it oh fascinating so so let me start at like the beginning I guess with with the creative side of what you're kind of doing now um yeah. you started as a um well I guess you had this internship with Telsey and company where we actually had uh Patrick Goodwin from Telsey on oh my uh, gosh yeah just a couple weeks ago yes. and he was he actually mentioned that he started as a casting intern there so I was curious to yeah. hear we didn't really get to touch much to talk about it much um we kind of just like grazed over it but I want to hear like a perspective of what it's like to be a casting intern and what it's like to dive into the world of casting because I feel like it's just such a a different and wild world yeah totally I mean I loved my time there I was super young to Mm -hmm. be an intern in that office I feel like I ended up doing it um between my freshman and sophomore year of college um so a while ago now um, yeah. <laughs> but I actually worked like directly with Pat on a few things. So that's yes. fun that you had him on. I really, really like him. Okay. Um, it was, it was great. It was like total chaos in the best way. I think <laughs> casting moves uh, like, like a lot of other uh, parts of our industry, like a thousand miles a minute. Um, and, but, but that, I, I don't know exactly how it's like structured now, but when I was there, I sound like such an old person, like back in my day, um, when I was there, there were like eight of us, I think that were there okay. for the summer. Um, and we sort of had like departments. So there were like plays interns and musicals interns and like floaters. Oh. I ended up doing a lot of, um, it was like at the time of 
the like live NBC musicals. I, mm-hmm. At the time that summer, they were doing, they were working on Peter Pan Live. Oh. Um, so that's what I helped Pat out with. Um, it was a lot of like general sort of office, like printing headshots, resumes, like prepping audition rooms, like those types of jobs, obviously, like as sure. most internships are. But as the summer went on, I, I, I got to start, you know, helping like organize ideas lists that like came from other people like seeing what kinds of names I was seeing over and over again in different rooms and it's actually been fun I feel like years later like I feel like some of the people that I was seeing get called in for like so many things like I start seeing them like leading Broadway shows and stuff and I'm like oh that's like awesome you know (laughs) like right maybe finally for them because like intern me was like this person's really good and for one you know and now I'm like oh look yeah that's so, so cool. I liked it a lot. I am a person that gets very interested and obsessed on like whatever my current project is um, or current job. And so because of that, like if you had asked me what I wanted to be like right at the end of my casting internship, I would have been like a casting director for <laughs> sure. Um, but like I haven't done casting again since. And that was now like probably like 10, maybe like nine years ago. Um wow. But yeah, I loved it. And I loved, I loved working in that office and with Pat and just like, I I found it fascinating. Yeah. I mean, what an internship, especially like one of the first internships to have, because I mean, Telsey and co, I mean, that's like one of the biggest casting offices in the industry, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. sort of work for them and to work under them is so cool. And now like, I mean, you, you've also like directed your pieces and stuff like that. Like as a casting intern, has that kind of helped you? you know, be in the room uh, for those casting calls when figuring out the actors for your play? Like, how, how has that helped moving forward in your career, I guess? Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Totally. I think like the systems that I learned of like organization and like mm-hmm. the process of like get an ideas list together and then like schedule auditions and then like how to take notes during auditions. Like there's right. a good way to organize it. Like have the person's name, their picture and like a section for notes that you can write in. A lot of offices do that. Um, like those kinds of things, I think definitely um, I-, I still like think about and use um, as far as like specifically calling in people or like having like the actor um, like transfer over. I-, I guess I haven't seen that as much yet. I think because I'm like a, I'm an earlier career director than like most of the people that were like in the rooms at Telsey when I was working there, like the projects they were being seen for are like projects I'm 
I'm starting to like be lucky to touch as like an associate, um, sure. but not like in the way that I would be like generating those those people yet. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's still fascinating, and just the whole the way yeah. the process works, and to kind of like understand what the what kind of what it all what it takes to go through each stage of the of the show being put on like it's yeah. crazy no one realizes the amount of people it takes to to put on a show and to especially like a brand new show it's just like craziness yeah um, so yeah that but it's so cool and in with your journey like it seems like you I, I, don't, I don't know like take me through it a little bit is it always like you just love theater so much that you want to be involved in it in any way that you can? Or is it that you're just like, you are so curious about all the different facets of the industry that you've just wanted to, you know, see what all of them are like? Like, what has that bit process been for you? Yeah, I think it's kind of a combination of the the two things, honestly, that you've said. Like, I think the big one for me was like, realizing, I think in my, my first year out of college, I was like auditioning, a bit and applying for like assistant type jobs and working at this restaurant that I had great coworkers with. And I was like enjoying my time there. But at the same time, I was like, the, the like hustle within the survival jobs, like structure for me. Um, when I got the opportunity to interview for the position I ended up taking at ART, which was a full-time job working at a regional theater. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I had a little moment where I was like, oh, am I going to stop auditioning? I'm going to move out of New York City. Like all of that was kind of like a, you know, a crossroads moment. But right. I think I realized like I more wanted to like be consistently working in theater and in like live performance and like on those kinds of projects than like which position I wanted to be at those mm. projects. And then I was like, oh, then that's an obvious like, yes, because this is like something you can do full time and you're like involved in some way and like learn and kind of think about it like grad schooly sort of. Um, sure. And then sort of since then, I think the one of the reasons I've sort of bopped around so much is because I had this professor, I think, in college. I like quote them all the time and I feel bad because I don't even remember who it was. But they <laughs> said, um, they basically said like your job in college in like theater school is to get good at everything that you can get good at. And then it's the industry's job to decide where you're useful because like you wow. have no control over like where you're going to get work because there's so many people that want to do everything and like you're not going to be like, oh, let me like hand select my jobs. Like people right. are going to approach you about stuff, especially like once you start working. And then like, based on that, you kind of like see where your lane is. And I think like, that's, I've sort of like taken that and run with it. And that's why I've had so many like different jobs rather than trying to like grow in one specific place um, or like a full-time place for that long. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the other thing about like theater too is just like, there's no rules like you know with the positions yeah. like you know like when you get out of school you, you if you want to be a doctor you're going to start out as like a nurse and then like a this and then when you're like 40 you'll be like an actual like doctor and then yeah. at 60 you'll be a CFO of a company or whatever like but with theater like you could be any age and do anything in theater like you know like there's totally. always a role out there for for your age or whatever it may be um or you know behind the scenes you can always do that until you want to say hey i'm done you know like it's weird because yeah. you really see people like retire in our industry you know yeah it's totally never, like, and i also think like yeah 
I think producing is interesting. Like uh, uh, producing is interesting because people are always like, what does a producer do? And it's like, obviously a lot of different things. There's like fiscal producers and creative producers. And like, right. that's a whole different thing. But like the creative producers say like the way that I can best describe the job of a producer is like, their job is everything until they like find other people to do the jobs. And then right. they just kind of like help out and oversee. And like, because of that, I think sometimes I find the most joy in like my producing jobs. And I think that's because I've done so many other jobs that I feel like it's helpful as a producer, almost more than your earlier question about like director, actor, like how that informs each other, uh -huh. like producer to like director, casting director, executive assistant, like all of that stuff like, is super like I draw on that in like oh, producing land all the time. Wow. Okay. So like with the producer, with being a producer, I mean, there, there's so many things. Cause I also saw like you, you mentioned the creative producer, the, the fiscal producer, and then you were actually a line producer with one of the Broadway podcast networks. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> the, the, one of the Broadway podcast network. Perfect, um, perfect segue. Perfect yeah. segue. I, I don't, I didn't even know what a line producer was until uh, I had to look it up. So like for those listening, what are all of these different positions that a producer has? And um, I don't know, can you touch on like some of the, the qualities that it takes to kind of get to be one of those roles? Totally. I mean, I'll use, I guess I'll use like rolling calls as an example because yes. everybody should listen to it because it's great. It's on the Broadway <laughs> podcast. Right. Um, but like to use that as an example, like we would, you know, in the credits of Broadway podcast network rolling calls, it's like, Rolling Calls is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals from the right. Broadway Podcast Network. Like they, those two geniuses, like they're the executive producers and they're like, they run the network and also oversee like this entire operation, including Rolling Calls. And like, ultimately all of the like decisions like go up to them as the producers because they're like the lead producers. Sure. Um then it also says it's produced by, I'm going to get the credit wrong. So everybody just has to listen to an episode, but like <laughs> it says like the Gotham fiscal sponsorship um, and Elizabeth Armstrong provided a lot of support. So those credits are like people that believed in the work and the story to help like actually make it happen. And, like yeah. funds wise, like make sure everybody can like do it. Um, sure. And then Dory and Alan hired me as the line producer to really kind of like get in the weeds on the day-to-day -day organizing of it all. Because if they're executive producing all of the podcasts on the Broadway Podcast Network, and also Dory directs her own podcast and produces on Broadway, and like like a lot of times like executive and like higher up producers have like so many projects going on. Right. And so then a line producer is really hired to be like sort of one track minded and focus on like a specific show or podcast or project while the executive producer is working on so many other things because those executive producers, they're not going to have time to like go to all of the agents and get all the agreements buttoned up with the actors and their schedule and then like propose a recording schedule and book rehearsal space if they need it and like help take line notes and make sure like the takes are in order. Sure. Like we're getting the files to the editor, like all of that kind of really like more time consuming, like in the weedsy organizational stuff will like right. fall usually to the line producer. Um, and then wow. like as a line producer be like, Hey, I did all of this today. Like, this is how much this thing cost. Like, 
I think we should do this tomorrow. Do you agree that we should do this tomorrow? So you're always sort of reporting back up to the producer who makes like the ultimate decisions, but it's really kind of like taking charge and, and like knowing that like the day to day of making sure like progress is happening and like things are moving along, like sort of sits with the line producer because they're not juggling like as many things. Right. Wow, fascinating. That that's not what Google had. So I'm glad that we okay. were able to hear well, from your I perspective. Think it's a little different too in TV. Like I feel like that's a pretty like theater. Sure. Like because I, I have some friends that work as like line producers in television, and we like I don't have similar jobs to them at all. So I think it's like it's probably different. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's it's everything's always a little bit different, you know, based, mm -hmm. based on the project and everything. But I'm curious, because like, as you were talking about line producer, I mean, I know you currently work as a company manager, but like, some of the things that you were mentioning, kind of mm -hmm. reminded me of some of the tasks that a company manager does. Is that totally. are those roles kind of similar? Yeah, I mean, the, the places that I've worked, usually like line producers and company managers work together pretty closely. Really? Um, they're definitely like different roles, but like I just worked on a workshop actually that I was the line producer of, and I would be in touch with the company manager all the time. Um, mm. Usually like they'll take, at, at least in this situation, which I think is kind of common, but again, like everything's different all the time, but like <laughs> they would take on like sort of payroll, um, like sure. travel and accommodations, like making sure sort of those things were happening. But I would, I would take on like their initial contract, make sure the dates were confirmed. And then I'd be like connecting you with this person who's going to do like those things as I like continue to staff up the team. Wow. And then once those people are confirmed, like hand them over to company management so they can get stuff going. But probably it sounded more combined because at least on the Broadway podcast network, um, like for rolling calls, we didn't have a company manager. So I sure. guess it, it is a role that I think like could be sort of absorbed but not yeah. in the broadway world they're a little more separated interesting from yeah, my understanding i haven't been a company manager or a line producer on any broadway shows so i'm actually not sure but like some one of my best friends is a company manager and like an associate company manager on broadway and his office it's like operated out of the general management office and it's like general managers and company managers and then like the producing teams uh like a separate entity right 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 it's interesting because like when you were talking about that, Ken Davenport came on the podcast a little bit ago. Yeah. He started as a company manager and then worked his way up to general manager and producer. And he was like, those roles are like necessary to become a producer mm -hmm. because you really learn the ins and out of what it's like of just how the show works. And then you can totally. actually, and wh while you're doing that, you can make the connections and all the things that you're going to need because yeah. when you become a producer, you need to put those pieces into place. So it's totally. interesting that you kind of said that and, um, uh, you know, tied that back together. It's so interesting how all of these, all of these roles are connected. It's all like one at the yeah. end of the day. It's wild. Um, what a, what an industry. It's so bizarre, uh, but it's, it's fascinating so at the same time. Fascinating. <laughs> um, I, I mentioned that you were a, currently a company manager. Uh, you're, the, you're a company manager for the American Modern Opera Company. Um, yes. Very exciting. What, uh, <laughs> talk to me about that and, and talk about like what kind of, what, what it kind of took to, to become a company manager and how like for someone out there who wants to become a company manager or like a producer, or, like someone higher up in the, in the theater, uh, 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 in a, I guess, specific theater. Um, yeah. What does that take to get there? Totally. Um, well, I love the American Modern Opera Company. I'm happy to yeah. shout them out here. Um, they go by Amok for short, AMOC, yes. so we're running Amok. Um, it's a oh, group that's so of cute. like 
uh, yeah, it's a group of really talented young, like opera professionals. Um, we have vocalists, instrumentalists, and then a handful of modern dancers too. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like young, talented folks that have like banded together to sort of like create their own like newer work. I kind of like in conversation, I don't think this is not official, but I'm always like describing it as like the off Broadway of opera to my friends, like in the best way. Um, but I got involved with them because the artistic director, Zach Winokur, who's like a brilliant opera and theater director, um, I met while I was working at ART because he was directing a show up there. Mm. And then, um, so we just like met each other and, you know, got along working together a little bit doing that. And then when I was wrapping up my time at ART, he hired me on to this project called New York Pops Up. That of was course. this like, festival of pop yes. performances that was like crazy. Um, like coming out of the pandemic well lol we're like not out of the pandemic but like <laughs> in 2021 when we were like starting to do live performances again we were doing outdoor shows through new york pops up um and he knew that i was like looking for a new job and brought me on um as like an artistic coordinator which was kind of like a line producery sort of job sure. um and that was like a festival so that was only six months like it was it was always going to be six months so when that ended in august of 2021 um he like asked if I would want to keep working with him. Um, and I think where it like made sense was to, to give some more support to Amok because it's a small team um, and their work has been growing. So um, yeah, he asked if I wanted to like join the Amok team and we started talking about the kinds of things they needed help with, which was like travel accommodations, like, uh, like keeping the company calendar and came up with the company management like title, which sort of right. made sense. But I'd say that's definitely like less, of the like traditional path towards like company yeah. management. I think also like I would be like entirely underqualified to do like a associate company management job for like a Broadway show. It's like a totally different thing. I think really? like in opera, like that's sort of what made sense. But like, I think those, um, my friend who's a company manager, like I think was always sort of on the like stage management, company management track, like since college. And um, those jobs, like, I think it's like, it's sort of similar to, to getting into any other part of the industry, like starting, you know, with production assistant, like uh, those kinds of, um, roles and learning and, and sort of working away that way is maybe the more like traditional sort of like window in versus like, sure. I worked with this guy and made a job. Uh, no, but you know, but like that's another so way that happens. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah. So much of this industry is, you know, who, you know, because like, otherwise, like who else are they going to call when they're in a bind and they need something and so much, so many, uh, so often, I guess, uh, in this industry, it's always like last minute stuff where it's like, Hey, can you, really? uh, come help me out? So it's important that you, it's not, Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I was go gonna for say, it. Even when it's not last minute, like if you're going to get to hire, like this thing that I just did, this workshop, like when I got to hire things, the first asks for every single thing was like someone that I'd worked with before and was like nice because like I'm then you know they're going to show up on time. They're going to be pleasant to be around. Like everyone's going to like them. They're going to do their job. It's like, why wouldn't you do that if you have like people that you know that are like good at, st at things? Like just don't find a new person. Just like. Absolutely. And then when you do find the new people, it's awesome because then they become your go-to people. Like that list can always grow, but it, it, I think that's why it is sort of like all about knowing people, not totally. in a like exclusive way, but just in a like be nice when you're around people because they'll ask you to do stuff again way. <laughs> that is definitely the most important thing in this industry is to be nice because yeah. you also just like don't know who like 
everyone is like just based off of like oh hi like nice to see you like mm-hmm. that could be like the biggest human being possible in the, your line of work you know like you yeah never know. or they Especially could be in, in like five years you, exactly like remember that it's you know so like, important it's so important and so much of this industry is just like who you know and and that's why I've kind of like when I saw your resume and everything and you know Allison reached out and was like oh here's like my list and you know there were all these crazy names from the Rolling Calls cast but yours was just like <laughs> yeah it's it's an incredible group but yours stuck out to me because you literally like I mean, I'm kind of admired all the different things that you've done just to all the different facets that you've learned and trying to like, I guess, meet people in those different worlds. Like, It's it's interesting to see your journey and everything. It's really cool. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, I mean, you mentioned since you mentioned ART, I guess let's talk about ART because uh, you were the assistant to the uh, artistic director, which is Diane Paulus. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. And you were on the executive team at the ART. So American Repertory Theater. Um, What what was that whole thing like? And and to learn under, I guess, Diane and and to, you know, kind of watch her in action has got to be something uh, pretty wild for sure. She's one of the top directors in our industry. Yeah, it was great. It was a great experience. Um, I was, yeah, so I was the, I was the executive assistant to the artistic director and the executive team. So um, it started out, I was like mostly her assistant. And then I like uh, transferred over and helped, you know, some other people in addition to her during my time there. I was there for three years. Um, wow. I was there for three years total, two years, like before the pandemic, and then one year, like of the pandemic. So there were like two years and then a Zoom year. Because that first, you know, March to March shunt. Oh yeah. Um, but it was great. I think um, I'm. I like I said earlier. I, I was in a spot when um, I actually got again, like who you know, kind of conversation. So I had been talking a little with Sammy Canold, um, right. who I reached out to, just like kind of cold, like, "Hey, I just graduated. I'm like wanting to be a director. You're really cool." And I like sent her an email. And then she got coffee with me because she's the best. And she um, got coffee with me and, you know, she didn't have anything like she was like being an associate at the time for a lot of cool things. And I was just like, keep me in mind, you know, whatever. And it was like a great conversation. We like got along, but like there wasn't anything like directly after that, that like made sense to like work together on. Um, But the people at the ART emailed her that they were looking for a new assistant for Mm. Diane and she like forwarded it to me and was like oh I think you might be good at this if you're interested in applying so that's like how I ended up hearing about the position um wow for it and like going through that process um and anyway what I was going to say though I I think like I said earlier there was some hesitation because I was like auditioning and enjoying my life here and all of that um but Diane actually said to me I like wonder if she remembers this I'll have to like ask her next time I talk to her but like she said in our interview, she was like, I think it's like, I'm, I, I don't want someone to stay forever. Like I, like a, a person in this position that's going to do well is someone that like wants to learn from it and then like use it and do other things after, like be that after two years, three years, like that's a good amount of time. And then it's like time for the next thing. And she also said, you know, in the same vein, like, I'd encourage you to think about this, like grad school, especially because I was like moving to a new wow. city where I like didn't have any friends or like any of that. And I really right. was like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna think about it like grad school and the best kind of grad school. Like, I was like, 
I'm moving to a new city. I'm like observing all of these great people and I'm working. So I'm not like incurring student loans. I'm like having right. a job and also like, <laughs> like kind of building up my connections and stuff like that. Um, and I, I credit like everything, everything I've done since then, like to those three years. Cause I think like uh, being an assistant, you is similar actually to being a producer where like everything is your job. Like the, you sure. deal with everything. Um, and so I think because of that, like all of the different jobs I've had since then, I've like mined into stuff that I learned um, how to do or like saw other people do like while I was there. Yeah, this is crazy yeah. to me because uh, especially in this industry, <laughs> like with the, yeah. when you say the grad school, like you this stuff you can't like I, I go to school right now at Pace I, Arts and Entertainment Management yeah. and it's like t learning about the business side of the industry. But honestly, God, like even as an actor, like I know that like classes you know like you could do so much you have to have that like hands-on experience you can't like yeah. have a lecture and learn about this industry it's just not gonna happen and I mean you can learn about like the fundamentals of just like business but then like after that like arts and entertainment management I just don't see how like I can apply some of these lessons to like Broadway and stuff like that so there's no better experience than the hands-on experience that you would get at like yeah. an ART and type thing so that that's so cool that you were able to have that experience um I don't know are your thoughts kind of like that or because I know you went for drama and you've had this you know experience in the industry but is there always something that you're always learning with the hands-on experience no matter what the project is totally Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, like, that's like a quick answer. But yeah, like, I feel like even the project I just wrapped literally yesterday, like, there are so many things from that that I'm like, I need to like write things down. Because like, next time I do it, I can't do those three things that like took extra time. I should I should just start with the fourth thing that ended up making more sense. Like, I, I feel like that always happens. And wow. like, yeah, each each thing, um, I feel like is a is a way to be better at the other thing. So yes. Sure. Definitely. That was so inarticulate. Each thing is the thing. But yeah. It makes uh, sense. It makes sense yeah. for sure. And, and and like jump into Sammy Canold and then I want to jump back to Diane. Uh you you were able to co-direct, I guess, a, a piece with her, her sound at mm -hmm. the public theater. Yeah. Um yeah. what was that like? Is that your directing debut? Was that um what yeah, was that like I mean, Sam, Sam called it on Instagram, my New York directing debut. So I guess yes. um, <laughs> I did direct some stuff in college. Um, so right. I, I've like directed things um, in the past on smaller scales for sure. Um, Sammy has been working for years with this incredible composer, Ethan Carlson, who wrote her sound. And they developed some like early readings and concerts of it. And right. um, this night at Joe's Pub that just happened recently, um, ended up falling on a date that like Sammy was directing. Um, she just directed Carmen with master voices at the Rose theater in Lincoln center. Um, and the dates were like super close to each other. Um, and Sammy and I just worked together on this new musical, how to dance in Ohio. I was her associate on that. And she, uh, so she and I were working together on that really closely. And then she just because of the proximity to the two shows, like needed a co-director, not just an associate to really like be, present and be around um for that show and uh for Ethan and the cast so she asked me to be the co-director on it which was awesome and I got to really sort of like lead the charge on that it was a quick process those like Joe's Pub concerts are off yeah. like we had a couple rehearsals um that Ethan really organized like music rehearsals and then like day of is basically like tech sound check show 
Um, mm -hmm. But it was great. Yeah. And I think it actually was a perfect way for me to sort of get back in the directing chair because it resembled producing. Um, right. In a way that I think a lot of other like, like directing jobs that you have more time to really like dive into things artistically. Um, okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, don't, but when you have, like, okay, we need, like, simple looks, we need to get everyone on stage, we need to make sure you can, like, hear and see everyone, and, like, people know when to exit and where to go, like, all of that stuff um, is a good, like, seat for me to be in, so it was a, it was a cool, cool experience, I was really glad to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, like, going back to now, Diane, like, what were some of the things that you were able to, you know, that you picked up, I guess, from working with her at ART that you were kind of able to be, like, take that with you and use on your future productions or even in this productions of her sound. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, yeah, I think kind of, it's like hard to pinpoint specific things cause I'm sure it kind of like permeates everything. Um, but while I was working with her uh, as in my assistant position, she knew that I had like other interests too of, you know, like directing and do, doing things like that. So I was her assistant director on the show Extraordinary she did. Um, which was like a 10 year review of musical theater at ART. And then I also was um, one of the assistant directors for like the readings and workshops of 1776. So I didn't do like the current production um, once it got started like post pandemic, just cause I wasn't at ART and I was like doing other stuff, but I did like the, the first few workshops of that production too. So I did get to sort of function with her as like an assistant director. Um, so cool. Yeah, I think just like watching how she gets things out of actors and conversations with designers that I got to be a part of. And and even I think because of my capacity as the executive assistant, getting to sort of be close to conversation producers too, um, like the director producer like relationship I got to observe. And yeah, I think right. everything I probably 
I'm like not thinking of anything super specific, but I think that that's because it's, it's so, so much. Cool. Probably no. I, yeah. I can literally. I have like a million questions for you. I feel like we can be best friends. Um, yeah, we'll have no, to like they, get coffee or something. No, next for time. sure, because like I'm yeah. blown away. Everything that you've done, like I didn't even plan for this episode to go this way, but everything we talked about, it's like this thing led to the next thing that I wanted to talk yeah, to you about. Yeah, exactly so like, like how it is. Yeah, it's so cool, though. Like that, that's just how like this journey, this industry literally is putting you where you're supposed to be, like your professor said, it's so cool to hear. Um, anyways, I, one last question for you. And and then we'll, and then we'll uh, play our game. We have yeah, well, if you have time, we'll, we'll, <laughs> I'd love to play. A game would, with you. Well, now I have to play the game. Yeah, we have to. It, it's been with the up. game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the last question before I let you go. Yeah. Um, or we play our game. Uh, I have to ask you, I saw that you've been working for the Tony Awards um, yeah. and for a couple of things. You started as the assistant ticketing manager and now you are a ticketing manager uh, for them. So first of all, tell me what about what a ticket manager is and what that is like for, for you to, to kind of go through it. Yeah. Um, I was just the ticket manager for this most recent um, yeah. Tony, so the 75th Tony Awards that were June of this past year. Um, and okay. before that, the, it was the like kind of weird pandemic Tonys. So it was October and it was at the Winter Garden. Um, and for those, I was a ticketing assistant. So I've done two of them. Um, right. And again, like via a connection of like someone that Sammy knew, like needed a ticketing assistant. So just like of staying course. on that line of stuff, you know? <laughs> all that's all it is um at least for me um but yeah the ticketing office um is a great one it's a bunch of like really driven awesome mostly freelancers obviously because the tonys happen once a year and you can't do much until you know like who your nominees are and like what the timeline (laughs) of events is and stuff so um we generally work like as an office from like april to like right after like late june um and I sort of describe it as like the anything that you see broadcast. So like the show element of it is all handled by another like entity. And then the ticketing office, um, ticketing and operations do, of course, ticketing um, and yeah. like seating. Those are kind of like the obvious things that sit so within that title. So you kind of placed each actor like at their seat, you know, like that you have yeah. designated seats? Exactly. And, you know, like if wow. you see people like smiling with their like little yeah. people you put I in the seat. So the production people put those up, but like our office says like, oh, this person's in this seat, this person's in this seat, you know, obviously in partnership with leadership at like the Broadway League and the American Theater Wing and the production needs for cameras and stuff like that. Um, and then also uh, the office helps manage and organize like the ancillary events around the Tonys. So like the meet the nominees press junket and the luncheon and the cocktail reception and like those kinds of events um are also like within um that office and then i guess the other thing is like co-producers um and like ticket orders for like chunks of shows basically um like liaising with each show's like general management or press team to make sure that their like nominees and their co-producers and like staff have like the tickets and the information that they need to like disseminate outward. So I'm not talking to like every single nominee all the time. It's like, I'll talk to, this was 20 seasons ago, but like I'll talk to the Chicago general manager who will like talk to the nominees from Chicago and talk to the co-producers from Chicago so that I can say like, this is, you know, 
and the way Broadway works with all the GM offices being kind of combined, right. that's helpful because I could say like, hi, I know you have these three shows. So like, you're going to be my person for all three shows, which is like mm-hmm. two less phone calls every day, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's like that kind of, that kind of job. Um, but it's, I'm yeah, obsessed it's been with great. Right I really liked it. You are the puzzle master for the biggest puzzle on Broadway. That is so <laughs> it's cool. quite a puzzle. Yeah, it's very yeah. with with a, with a great team of of people above me and um, assistants and lots of great people. So it's it's so, a good operation in there. Do you also do like the whole like seat filler thing? Like when the nominees like go and perform for their shows and everything, they have to have someone like in the seat for the camera and stuff. Do you? Yeah, do that too? usually our office works with someone that does the like in the moment seat filling so cool. yes but not like during the during the ceremony our office mostly focuses on making sure um nominees are in their seats before the camera shows them like okay. when it's like eli tokash and then like what if you weren't in your seat and it was a seat filler like we would know right. that in advance to be able to be like hey like eli's like the people are checking the bathroom in the bar and like that's sort of where right, where right, our right. brains are during the ceremony yeah hey one day one day we're manifesting <laughs> that that's yes. gonna be the case there we go yeah but <laughs> oh be in your God. seat in time <laughs> for people yeah, like me <laughs> i got you i got you um oh my god well that is that's awesome and i mean you're just doing so many incredible things and, and to talk to you about literally i mean so i did, literally didn't know that some of these roles even exist like i didn't know there was a ticketing manager for the tony awards like that's but it's probably one of the most important roles as you just kind of described what you do for them um it's so cool to, to hear about your journey through the industry all right now we are gonna we're gonna play a little game. Oh my god! Okay. Um, I I just uh posted like the the options. I see. Or, I, I mean, those aren't options. They're kind of inspirations and kind of like the okay. only box that I thought of. Um. Okay. okay. So uh, who I'll gets to go first? Really quick. I'll, well, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll it and I'll and I'll let you. I'll explain it in a second. So. This I'm we're introducing we're debuting a brand new game here on Take a Bow. Um, we are going to be doing a little draft game where uh, Mary and I will have a team of five musicals that we will be drafting. So we can't have the same musicals, um, and uh, it's it's kind of like a ranking, but it's not really a ranking. It's kind of just like who like our little team of jukebox musicals that's the theme um and it's the theme because i've talked a lot about Anne juliet this week and the previous weeks so um i obviously saw it and i've now um learned that i loved jukebox musicals so that's gonna be our first theme and uh yeah so i'll let you go first mary since you're our lovely guest and you have the first overall pick Okay, well, obviously, my first overall pick has to be Jagged Little Pill. Oh. Um, I have I have my Jagged Little Pill water bottle here from the premiere in Cambridge when I was of working course. at AOT. So I choose Jagged Little Pill. That's brutal. <laughs> I, I really didn't think it would go first overall, but uh, I, I like the pick. I, I, I have to so show, I, ha- I have uh, allegiance having yeah. previously been in that room, so I'm choosing them. <laughs> But the thing about Jagged Little Pill, really quick, is that, like, it's so much more than a jukebox musical, because that right. story probably is the right. best story of any jukebox musical. Right, so I'm picking it agree? both because I have personal 
uh, and it's just the best. It. But also, I just I think I'm not a huge jukebox musical person, and because of that, I really like Jacqueline Pill because it has great music that happens to be from something, but it is its own thing. Okay, I, I'm obsessed. I like the pick. So that's like my first pick. Great, great pick. So <laughs> I can't pick Jagged Little Pill. Um, I guess I have to go with a classic here. I'll I'll just go with Mamma Mia. Um, I don't think much of an explanation is needed. Mamma Mia is pretty classic, so that's a classic. It's a safe pick. It's a safe okay. pick. It's a good pick. Um, it was really gonna. It was probably gonna end up in my five. So I'm thinking about that. Um, mm. next I'm going with Beautiful. Oh, I like it. I love Carol King. I love that show. So that's my second choice. Okay. I like it. All right. I'm going to go with one that I've been absolutely raving about since it's come out. I have to go with MJ. I'm glad that it's. Oh. Um, I'm going with MJ the musical. I think it's Good awesome. Job. Yeah. <laughs> I think Miles Frost is uh, incredible and I, I want to meet him so bad. So I'm going with it. <laughs> you should have him on the podcast. Oh my God. I would die. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What am I going to pick next? Now I'm getting a little nervous. I would like to say I'm probably going to end up not picking things that are good because I haven't seen them. So that's my disclaimer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick American Idiot. Great. I'm going to pick it because it relates to the conversation we had during this, which was that when I was a Telsey intern, we went to go see it as like our first oh. like group field trip. So I feel like I'll throw it in there. And I and I remember liking it, but I that's sort of why I'm picking it for my I love it. I, I haven't seen American Idiot, but I'm obsessed with like Green Day yeah. and all the songs in it. So I, yeah, I was actually going to be my next pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. Um, I hate to like keep going with the, the shows that are on Broadway right now. But since I just saw it and I've been talking about it so much, I, I'll take Anne Juliet. Great. I haven't seen yeah. it yet, but I'm excited to. I also Fantastic. was sort of saving it for you because I feel like you were talking about it and i was like it would be mean of me to take it when i haven't seen it and you've been talking about it that so is you're very welcome. kind of you i really appreciate <laughs> that i and it's one of those it's one of those that it's like so much more than a jukebox too like it's actually brilliant yes. with like they're they're rewriting shakespeare and i think that that's absolutely hilarious that's awesome. and they talk about shakespeare yeah. being gay and writing these about male lovers like i think it's hilarious there's it's so i'm good. excited to see it you have to see it it's so good okay let's see what's next i think i'm gonna go with the underappreciated head over heels Oh my god! Great pick. Love Head Over Heels. I loved it when I saw it, and I was sorry that more people couldn't get to see it. So I'm gonna choose that one. That one was so fun. Also, and the cast was so good. It's so good, and that's why I wanted to talk about like that cast today is like doing amazing still. Bonnie Milligan killing it in Kimberly Kimbo. Um, what's his name? The lead guy is now gonna be in Shocked. Um, that new musical. Oh yeah. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but like so good. That that whole cast is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I remember being like, wow, everyone was so good. Yeah, so good. There's so many that I can go here. Um, I mean, Saturday Night Fever is a classic. Uh, Motown, Ain't Too Proud, Moulin Rouge. Oh my God. I don't know. 
I do love On Your Feet too. I think I'm gonna go with a classic because I haven't, uh, I haven't, I don't really have any of those except Mamma Mia. I have like more modern. So yeah. I'll go with Motown. I'll go with Motown. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And then I actually was gonna say I think I'm gonna do the same thing because I feel like I haven't gone too classic yet either. So Fair. I'm gonna round out my team with Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys. Okay. I didn't think you were because I feel it. like a class like when i think like jukebox musical i feel like i think dirty boys like as like one of the kind of like og standards is it not the longest running jukebox i think musical? it might be so i, I feel like it, it could if if we're going head to head with these teams i feel like it could provide some some sort of support i think that's an absolute steal in the last round i i do yeah. i think that's wonderful um and and for my last pick um I also haven't seen a beautiful noise, and I feel like that should probably be in this conversation. But uh, oh man, this is tough. So Jagged was taken. That was obviously on my list. What are what other ones are? Moulin Rouge not going drafted would be crazy. But I didn't love Moulin Rouge. Um, I oh man, you've got me in a pickle, Barry. You picked all the good ones. No, it's good. Um. Okay. There's some good ones left on this list. There are. There's there's actually like too many good ones. That's the issue. Um, <laughs> do I go Ain't Too Proud or do I go Moulin Rouge? I remember loving Ain't Too Proud when I saw it. Um, I think I have to go Moulin Rouge. I have to go with the fan okay. vote. I'll go Moulin okay, Rouge. You're I'm going, a sucker. You're going with the fans. You're going yep. with the American theater wing. <laughs> I'm going to please the people in the comments so I don't have to hear about Moulin yeah. Rouge going undrafted. <laughs> um, that There it is. That's our teams. Um, I don't know. I think that was pretty fun. Um, you've got a I solid too, group. I, I have a really solid group. I'm feeling yeah. good. I'm feeling good about my group. You have all of the emotions, you know, you have jagged with like, it, it's going to make you cry, you know, going to see it. You have beautiful, which is just so beautiful, kind of heartfelt and all the things. American idiot. You scream your face off. Head over heels is fun. Jersey boys, all the things. Classic. It's, it's great. classic. Yeah. I feel that's, that's rounded out. It's, it's a, yeah, and your list has me, I have to finally get, well, your list is telling me I need to finally get myself to Moulin Rouge and MJ, which I am so embarrassed to say I haven't seen either. And Oh my god, Juliet! I have to go see. So I, oh my you've god, given me some homework. Oh my god, there's three on my list that you haven't gotten seen. Maybe that's a, yeah. maybe that's a sign that that's just a bad list. No, that's not a sign. That's a bad list. That's a sign <laughs> that I'm a bad theater patron, and when I'm not working on shows, I never go to them. So that's that's the problem for me. Brutal, brutal. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I think going to theater is like homework. Like I actually love going to the theater. I love it. I, yeah, I probably shouldn't compare it to homework because I don't like homework as much as I like going to the theater. Um, but <laughs> come on, going to the theater is amazing and and I love all the things. And I like to play like the little Tony Award guesser who's going to win. So I have to go mm -hmm. see all those shows. Um, and exactly, I like to talk yeah. about it on here. So um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for playing with me. Um, of course. I'm pretty, that's pretty much all I have for us this week. Do you have anything that you kind of want to talk about? Anything that you have to promote? um i don't know anything else that you're like passionate about in the industry that you feel like you weren't able to get uh, you didn't have the chance to talk about today um i don't think so i had a great time talking to you i think it's great that you're talking to um you know people on all sides of of this crazy oh, yeah. industry because i think it's good for people to hear about the different you know ways you can 
find work and be involved in, in all the stuff we do. So I'm glad to talk about it. Totally. I mean, this, this whole show started with a bunch of performers. Cause obviously like that's where my connections yeah. more were. Um, so to hear people be like, you know, I really love theater, but I, I'm, I don't know how to put myself out there and put myself on stage and everything. What is it like to be a stage manager and to produce and all yeah. of that? Like those people coming to me were in like, asking for guidance I was I felt lost and I was like I need to find a way that I can help them so I appreciate you for taking your time to come out here today to talk to me and everyone listening um, of what it's like to do all of these different roles that you've done in the theater because they've literally been everything um, so yeah thank you for what you're doing yeah and, of course uh, I can't wait to we're gonna keep out uh, keep our eyes out for Mary McGowan because she's gonna be doing so many <laughs> great things in the industry for years to come so very exciting stuff thank you so much thanks Eli thank you of course Thank you. You definitely deserve to take a bow. Take a bow, Mary McGowan. Oh my God. That was an absolute blast being able to talk to her. Uh, and especially about all the different facets of the industry. You know, I literally just did a whole month talking to Trip Phillips and Patrick Goodwin, who are both iconic in, in their fields of uh, what they do here on Broadway with production stage management and casting directing. And then, of course, having the legendary uh, producer, Ken Davenport, uh, for the a million shows that he's had on Broadway and the million shows that he's currently working on, uh, both on Broadway and close to be coming to Broadway. Um, very exciting stuff. And uh, this, this episode was literally an all-in-one crash course on all of those conversations and uh it was just an absolute blast and to hear it from her perspective uh a woman's perspective uh, as well it was just uh very very cool and very interesting um and yeah and then we had a fun little game i think that game was really fun you all have to let me know and, and message me after you get are done listening to this if uh if you enjoyed that or if you think it worked because i think that actually was uh, kind of fun and kind of gave you all a little insight on uh, the musicals and art that we are interested in. Um, another reason that this uh, interview is really fun for me was because we talked about Diane Paulus. And anytime that I'm able to talk about Diane Paulus is a very special uh, conversation to me. And um, very excited to announce that Diane Paulus is coming on to the podcast. I know I've mentioned it before, um, but it's happening and it's happening soon. When I release, it may be the last one of the season. I don't know. I don't know. It may be the last one of the year, but with that being said, I may get too excited and may release it earlier. Just saying, just saying. So heads up, heads up. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But know that Diane Paulus is about to come on the podcast and we are about to get to the bottom of all things Finding Neverland, Pippin, and beyond. So very, very exciting episode for so many reasons, both this week and with Diane. So uh, I had to to have her on to do a little tease because I know she was her assistant. And uh, it was great to chat with Mary and get to know Mary a little bit. So hope you all uh, enjoyed this episode. And I cannot wait to see you all next week for another episode because y'all, the rest of the year for Take A Bow is about to be absolutely insane. We have top-notch guests for the rest of the year and i'm so excited to to share them all with you we have some incredible incredible performers and behind the scenes folks coming on the podcast so stay tuned and 
you will absolutely want to come back for next week. So until then, bye everyone and have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.